This is CCRN, the Cigar Connoisseur Radio Network. Broadcasting from Humidor 1A in the Cigar City of Tampa, Florida, USA. Welcome to the Cigar Dave Show, your weekly excursion into the world of cigars, spirits, and diversions. The cigar and pleasure-friendly hotlines are open. 877-DAVE-007. Now, fire up a cigar and pour yourself a cocktail. It's time for the General Cigar Dave. Well, two of my favorite pastimes, leisure activities, enjoying a fine cigar and flying airplanes. I'm a cigar connoisseur, and I'm an aviator, in addition to being America's alpha male. And once a year, the second largest air show in the country takes place not far from the Cigar City, just about 30 miles to the east in Lakeland, Florida, and we have ventured out of Humidor 1A, and we're set up front and center on the flight line at the Aircraft Owners and Pilots Association tent at the 2015 Sun and Fun International Fly-In and Expo. Lakeland, Florida goes on the rest of today, goes on tomorrow, an absolutely magnificent day. It's gonna be hot and sunny tomorrow as well, Aviation, cigars, the good life. I'm all in. Long Ash greetings and salutations. A Long Ash aviation snappy salute. Semper Delictatio. Always pleasure. America's alpha male and today aviator in chief. Cigar Dave coming to you front and center from the AOPA Aircraft Owners and Pilots Association tent. We've got a great show for you today, lieutenants. We're going to be getting we'll, we'll hit some cigar uh, related items and some other alpha male related items but because we're here at sun and fun we're really going to be talking about what this air show is all about so many that i come into contact with say i love being around airplanes i uh, i love i've always wanted to fly and many of you that say look i don't have time to get my pilot's license but boy i love being around aviation and the aviation enthusiast well this is the place so if you're listening to me in the Cigar City of Tampa, in Orlando on WDBO, down in Miami on uh, WINZ, or in Jacksonville, or anywhere in the state of the southeast. Get down. Get a plane. Come on down to the Sun and Fun. It is worth your time. The entire airport, all airplanes and aviation-related items. Lieutenants, uh, a couple of things that I want to get to. First of all, I talked to you a number of months ago, and uh, as well going back to a year where we talked about a huge heist of that famed Pappy Van Winkle Kentucky bourbon that goes for in excess of $250 to $300 a bottle if you can get it. In most cases, somewhere now, collectors will pay two, three, four, five thousand dollars $5,000 for a bottle of that Pappy Van Winkle. And Drew Estate came out with a new Pappy Van Winkle Reserve cigar, which we talked about last week. But uh, big news from Frankfort, Kentucky, as nine People, nine employees, former employees, I should say, of the Buffalo Trace and Wild Turkey Distilleries were indicted on theft of whiskey. Prosecutors say a group of rogue distillery workers lasted for years and they uh, stole tens of thousands of dollars worth of whiskey. But the plot began to unravel when the whiskey barrels were discovered behind a Franklin County, Kentucky shed. 
So in addition to barrels, full barrels of Buffalo Trace and Wild Turkey bourbon, a large cache of Pappy Van Winkle bourbon worth uh, thousands and thousands of dollars was recovered. In fact, the estimated amount of the recovered whiskey, over $100,000, and the nine people were charged with engaging in organized crime as members of a criminal syndicate. And the indictments tied together the theft of these, and these are heavy barrels, 500 pounds for a barrel of whiskey. And actually what, uh, what the prosecutors and the police, what the breakthrough in the case was, there were a couple of barrels of full bourbon that were found in a shed behind one of the employees, uh, the home of Gilbert Thomas Kurtzinger, a longtime employee at Buffalo Trace Distillery. He was arrested. As well, there were also large amounts of Eagle Rare Bourbon, which we have tasted here on the show many times. So a theft of bourbon has been foiled, which is good, because if you love that Pappy Van Winkle and you want to get a hold of it, good luck. All right, lieutenants, we're, we've got a great show for you today, so we're not going to waste any time. I'm going to get ready for the National Cigar Litation Ceremony right now. With an unlimited and secure supply of pleasure sticks available for the general to enjoy, it's time for National Cigar Litation Maneuvers. All right, I have pulled out a... Uh, very special cigar. I pulled out the Diamond Crown Julius Caesar. A great cigar by the folks over at J.C. Newman Cigar, Eric Newman, Bobby Newman. And this really pays tribute to the founder, the patriarch of J.C. Newman, Julius Caesar Newman. And this is a beautiful cigar. This is certainly amongst the creme de la creme. Only about 40,000 of these cigars are made. And let me tell you a little about this particular cigar. It is, as I mentioned, a super premium stick. This uses a wonderful Ecuadorian Cubano wrapper. Uses some nice Dominican fillers. It's going to run you in the $15, $16 category. I have pulled out the Pyramid, a beautiful looking cigar. I would say about six and three quarters inches in length with about a uh, 54 ring gauge at the foot. Love the band, little purple, little blue, has Julius Caesar on the top, and it's actually a picture of the founder, Julius Caesar Newman. Cigar-altering and highly sharpened leaf-exposing device. Self-sharpening, double-edged stainless steel guillotine ready to go. Maximum BTU flame-throwing and heat-producing apparatus. Well, I've got my Cigar Dave signature lock and load, two jet flames from the R&D Laboratories. That will work beautifully right here on the flight line. Cigar pre-lightation checklist complete. No faults detected. Area clear of all enemies of pleasure. Approval to go throttle up in three, two, one. Perfect cut of my Julius Caesar. I will toast the foot of this cigar. I don't know if you can hear that lightation device, but I will get it nice and close to the microphone. I will toast the foot of this beautiful looking stick. Only appropriate. We're here at Sun and Fun, Lakeland, Florida. We're going to enjoy a Julius Caesar from the Cigar City of Tampa, just down I-4. I will puff and rotate. Mmm. Taking my time. Mmm. Magnificent. A magnificent, super premium cigar. Julius Caesar Diamond Crown. Lieutenants, we will continue front and center from the 2015 Sun and Fun International Flying and Expo, Lakeland, Florida, on the grounds of the Lakeland Linder Airport. 
The General is always on Twitter, delivering breaking news, giving you the latest intel on cigars, and battling the enemies of pleasure. Chat with The General now at Cigar Dave Show. The new Romeo Inejo by Romeo y Julieta is crafted with a passion grown through time. Its double-fermented 2008 vintage tobaccos find their perfect companion with a stock-cut dark Connecticut wrapper. Together, they're aged in unique cedar cojones for a bold, sophisticated experience featuring notes of coffee and dark chocolate. Experience the timeless passion of the Romeo Inejo today at your local tobacconist. Surgeon General Warning. Tobacco use increases the risk of infertility, stillbirth, and low birth weight. Get ready to celebrate the good life with the Monte Cristo Social Club Roadshow, coming soon to a city near you. Enjoy world-class premium cigar brands like Monte Cristo, Romeo y Julieta, and H. Upman. Sip on delicious drinks and savor fine foods. You'll also hear an exclusive lecture about crafting premium cigars from the first seeds to hand-rolled masterpieces. Visit MonteCristoSocialClub.com slash Roadshow for more information and to reserve your tickets to join in the festivities. Surgeon General's warning. Cigar smoking can cause cancers of the mouth and throat even if you do not inhale. The brand new Cigar Dave mobile app for both iPhone and Android devices is finally out. If you go right now, either to the iTunes Store or the Google Play Store. Search for Cigar Dave and download our brand new app. It allows you to listen to the show live on your mobile device. You can listen to all of our podcasts. The last 10 podcasts are always available. Cigar Dave Daily Briefings. Additionally, it gives you direct access within the app to our Twitter page, our Facebook page. We also have the ability for you to call the show during the show right from the app, as well as send me a text message and an email. We also put in a couple of bonus items. You can get a weather uh, uh, alert as well as an alarm clock. It is the brand new Cigar Dave mobile app. You can listen to the Cigar Dave show anytime, any place, anywhere. Go right now to the iTunes Store or Google Play Store and download the brand new Cigar Dave mobile app. In 1964, Jose O. Padron began rolling cigars bearing his name in modest surroundings with one guiding principle always focus on quality, never on quantity. Nearly 40 years later, Padron cigars are recognized for their superior taste and majestic construction. The result of Padron controlling all aspects of the cigar making process, including planting their own seeds, growing and curing their own tobacco, and constantly supervising the rolling room. To Wall Street, it is called vertical integration. To the Padron family, it's called making great cigars. The Padron lines include the Padron 1964 Anniversary Series and the Padron Traditional line. All Padron cigars are wrapped in Nicaraguan sun-grown Habano tobacco, available in natural or maduro. Experience Padron. For your Padron retailer, call 1-800-453-5635. When Padron is on the band, quality is a matter of family honor. Surgeon General Warning. Tobacco use increases the risk of infertility, stillbirth, and low birth weight. Fly me to the moon. Let me play among the stars. Let me see what spring is like on Jupiter and Mars. Alpha males travel in, in style, words, whether by land, sea, or the air. 
from the Sun and Fun International Expo in Lakeland, Florida, your aviator-in-chief, Cigar Dave. And we're getting things rolling here at Sun and Fun. This is an absolutely delightful place to be. What a great way to spend a Saturday with a cigar around airplanes. As my good friend Lee Corsa would say, life is good. And we want to welcome a very special aviator from the Dame End of aviation patty wagstaff of patty wagstaff aerobatic school you will see her if you google her i guarantee you'll see some of her performances on youtube uh quite amazing and patty it's a delight to have you here on the cigar dave thank show from you. sun and fun thanks and i know you were signing uh, uh, autographs for many people here at the aircraft owners and pilots association tent uh, but tell us uh, you do some things with an airplane that never in a million years this pilot would ever dream of doing <laughs> or think of doing but uh you do it incredibly well and just Thanks. watching those videos, that's pretty stressful when you're up there for about a half hour, 45 minutes. That, that's taxing. Yeah, you know, the air show is really only 12 to 15 minutes long, So, but there's a lot of practice that goes into that 10 or 15 minutes. So, um, it's you know, it's not stressful to me. It's the payoff. I come to these shows, and I work hard, and I, you know, sign autographs and give talks and go to dinners. And, and I, while I enjoy it all, the big payoff is the flying when I get up in the air. And I just, everything goes away, just me and my airplane. There you go. And I, I, uh, you performed yesterday, but I've seen you at many air shows uh, in St. Petersburg at Albert Witted, here at Sun and Fun, up in Oshkosh at EAA Air Venture. Uh, most pilots try to keep the wings upright. However... <laughs> you don't necessarily want to do that. You've got them inverted. You've got the plane doing things that uh, I definitely would not want to be doing in my airplane. But do you what, what gave you the impetus to say, I want to be an aerobatics pilot? I always wanted to be, even though I'd never been to an air show. And I, um, I was getting my ratings, and I, had, I grew up overseas when there weren't any air shows in Japan and where I grew up. And um, I said, I'm really interested in this. So we went to an air show, and I said, that's that's it. I can do that, that in a competition. So and tell us about your background. I believe your father was an aviator. He was a, yes, he was. And I uh, flew for Japan Airlines. You and did? He yep, did. He did, yeah. And uh, he retired from them, and then he uh, went to work as a freight dog for about 10 years or t longer, 10, 15 years, all over the Caribbean and Africa and places like that, flying old DC-6s and 7s. He loved that stuff. Did he teach you how to fly? Nope, he didn't. And um, I learned to fly in Alaska out in the bush, small town, and... Uh, um, and then my uh, my ex-husband kind of was t taught me as well. So, And so tell us, uh, you get your pilot's license out in Alaska. Uh, and I think there's a, a, a one of the TV networks has a, a show about the bush pilots and everything. And it's yeah. fascinating to watch. Great flying up there. Great it place is, to learn because the, those people really know how to fly. To I was going to say, the weather I mean, conditions, weather everything changes. Short fields and just, you know, terrain, learning how to fly the terrain, mountain flying. So tell us, uh, you get your ratings Give us, uh, give us the history from there. Um, I told my husband, I said, I really want to do aerobatics. And he said, well, let's, let's fly to an air show. And we did. We had a 185. We flew it down the Alcan Highway to uh, Vancouver area. Went to the show. And then we flew over to Wisconsin to a contest to see it. And um, decided that that was, you know, I said, that's what I want to do. So we bought a decathlon. And I just started training and practicing and taking lessons and asking people for help and advice and and uh, flew competition, then went and got into a pits, and went from there. And then, you know, it's just a matter of setting goals along the way. I didn't know where I wanted to go. I just wanted to do aerobatics. I didn't have any big goals when I started. I didn't want to be national champion or anything. I didn't know about it. And as I kept going and stayed in it, I started setting goals for myself. One was to get on the U.S. team, 
And then after that, I realized that a woman had never won the nationals, and I kept saying, why not? And they said, oh, you know, women aren't aggressive enough in the cockpit, and had all these excuses. And I'm like, okay, that gives me a goal. So I was very lucky, because I'm, you know, most of us, I think, in aviation are kind of goal-oriented. So I was really lucky to have a goal that I could, you know, achieve and, and you know, hope to achieve. So um, that's kind of how I've done it. Were there any moves that made you pause and say, maybe not for me? When I first started doing outside maneuvers, um, you know, when you now roll what is up. Just define an outside maneuver. Sure. Well, there's inside Gs and there's positive Gs and negative Gs. And all the stuff, like you used to see a loop, plane doing a loop, when right. they're upright and they pull around. That's all positive Gs. So you're sort of forced back in your seat. If you were to roll upside down and push the airplane up, like an outside loop, and then you're at the top, it's almost like you're going over a waterfall. That's negative Gs. And all the blood goes into your head and you're being forced out of the airplane. So we have, you know, s strong seatbelts for that. But... Um, when you first start doing negative Gs, it feels really weird. And you think that you're going to, your head's going to explode. And uh, I, I wondered, you know, I thought, gee, I really want to do this, but I don't know if I can, if I can do it. And I talked to some old timers and right. they said, oh, you get used to it, just condition yourself. So a and you other did. than that, that was the only thing I think that ever really, you know. Other than that, it was just, uh, I just figured, you know, if I looked at some of these people that were the best people and I said, if they can do it, I can do it. Now, your plane, what, what plane do you fly now? I fly an extra. An extra. Now, that is specifically made yeah. for aerobatics, and is that custom-made for you? You know, they're, they're actually factory-built in Germany, um, but they're, they're all tweaked to our own liking. You know, you can, you can make small adjustments and modify them to a point. So that, that can great, handle great loads, G-loads, that an, a regular airplane may not necessarily they're, be able to handle. They're stressed, at certified, and stressed to plus, I mean, they're stressed to weigh more, but they're certified to plus and minus 10 Gs. There's no other plane that can do that. And that what's, what, when that. you have a, a plus 10G or 9G, what does that feel like? feels good. I like it. You know, you go fast, you pull hard, you go up. Uh, it's like your head, I mean, is it like you're going up an elevator very quick? What's the sensation? Well, you're being forced into your seat when you're pulling 10G, so you're forced back. And right. You know, you're oriented because you know what, what you're doing, where you're going, and usually it's in a hard vertical pull. So um, it's, uh, I like it. I like the feeling. It feels great. I sleep better. <laughs> <laughs> Most people take like a three-mile run. You take a 12-minute yeah. aerobatic uh, flight, yeah, exactly. and that's enough, you know, with all the Gs. Yeah. D now, I'm sure you said it's 12 minutes, but I guarantee you there's probably hours and hours and hours, hours before you even get oh, in that yeah. airplane. Yeah. So guide us through when you create a new uh, a show, what you go through, and the preparation with all your crew. Well, it's, you know, for me, I've done it for a long time, so the preparation's a little bit different. But, you know, for, for somebody getting into it, you start really high. And you get up there and you learn all the basic maneuvers. Then you start adding on, and then you get some instruction in the more advanced maneuvers until you get to a point where, really, it just has to be you and the airplane. As long as you have altitude, the worst thing you can get into is a spin. You just stay high. You start bringing it down when you have 100% confidence, you know, bringing it lower levels for air show work. And you have 100% confidence in your ability to do the maneuver uh, th the same way every single time, that there's no guesswork, there's no shortcuts to it. It right. takes a long time. Then you can start working your way down lower and lower until you do these low-level aerobatic routines that you see here at Sun and Fun. How big is your crew? Um, usually I have a couple of people, but sometimes just me and one other person. That's it? Yeah. And yeah. so give us, uh, uh, you know, when you perform. I don't like a big entree. I like it to keep it. I just want to be, you know, go, you know. Right. And Keep it simple. So yesterday, give us uh, what your day was like yesterday before you, you did this routine. What, tell us about um, your day. You know, I, I went out and practiced. Um, I got up early and uh, got the plane out because I haven't been able to fly the last few days. And uh, went out and practiced just a local flight just to pull some Gs and get the feel of the plane and, and so on. 
And then um, when I get back, when I got back, I had to we had to wash it again and, and smoke it, put some smoke oil in it for the smoke system, fuel it. Yeah, because right. when you see the smoke, there's actually oil, there's oil that goes in, and you yeah. want to press a button. And yeah, it it's a lightweight mineral oil, and it, right. it goes into these nozzles that hit the that go into the exhaust. Right. And then it vaporizes with the heat okay. of the exhaust. It's very simple, but of course, those are the things we have problems with all the time. Right. You know, and it's a mess. Um, and then fuel it and get ready. And then there's lots of other stuff to do. I still got to go sign autographs and do some other, you know, things that I have that I'm that I said I do. And then um, and then try and get some time away from people and just sit in my air conditioned car and relax before I fly and think about what I'm going to do. It's really important to have that downtime, that alone time, you know, where you're you're thinking about it. You're thinking about the winds. The conditions of the day, is it bumpy, you know, how am I going to do my ribbon cut? Is it going to be this way or this way, you know, which direction? So there's a lot of little things that you think about. Now, you don't use a scissors for a ribbon cut, so why don't we tell everyone exactly <laughs> what that ribbon cut is, and we'll post a video, because okay. we're going to go to YouTube, and we're going to post some links okay, on cool. our website. But, but, um, but describe that, if you inverted will. Inverted ribbon cut is an old air show trick, um, and it's, uh, it was done back in the 30s, and maybe before. I... I Never been able to find out exactly when it was first done, but uh, some of the old-time barnstormers that uh, flew biplanes would do it. It's where you have uh, two poles and ribbons stretched between them, and you come and cut it inverted with your propeller. And mine are about 20 feet above the ground, so you're pretty low. You know? That's really low. Yeah, and um, but you know you 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 plan it ahead of time. You you know you decide where it's going to line up. Is it going to line up with the center line of the runway, depending on the site? And or the edge of the runway, and then you come and cut it. It's cool. Sometimes you miss it, and sometimes it's really windy, crosswind, or it's bumpy. Or but I was going to say exciting. when you're when you're if it's bumpy and you got some thermals and yeah. a little windy, when it's 20 feet above the ground, there's not a lot of margin there. No, you have to be really careful. But I've been doing it a long time, so. Um, but it, you know, it's fun because I can share. People can come out and hold the poles, and it's the only thing I can really do to really share. You know, right. they can't ride with me or anything, so. Um, you can kind of share it with people. And you also, up in St. Augustine, where you're located, you also uh, have a school where people yeah. can come in and yeah, learn Yeah, we've got a couple of aerobatic planes. It's great. We're at Southeast Aero on the field. We um, we train people to be more confident, to get more enjoyment out of their flying, and to realize that there are no unusual attitudes. It's just all about what you learn. Aerobatic champion, performer extraordinaire, Patty Wagstaff of Patty Wagstaff. Aerobatic School, St. Augustine. Look forward to seeing some of your other performances. Patty, thanks Thank for joining you. us today here. Thanks from for having Sun me. Where's my cigar? I got a cigar for you. <laughs> Hang on. I got a Romeo E. Julieta Reserva Real. I got <laughs> no. plenty for you. There you go. There's your cigar. A nice chick stick. Lieutenants, we will continue front and center from the Sun and Fun 2015, Lakeland, Florida. The Cigar Dave Officers Club selection this month is Super Lejero from Rocky Patel. This robust and full-bodied cigar starts off with a blast of bold flavor. Accompanied by a slight woodiness, there's a lingering spice with nuances of cinnamon and white pepper. The finish is hearty with a sweet aftertaste. Not a member of the Officers Club? Sign up today at CigarDave.com. It's an exquisite day here at the Jensen Estate patio overlooking the 13th green. And we're underway. Jim Jensen has chosen his favorite stick. The Diamond Crown Number no. 4 by J.C. Newman. See the way he holds the cigar, Tom? Mm -hmm. Excellent balance and heft. Ooh, he's eyeing the Silky Connecticut Shade Wrapper. Fermented twice for the smoothest, richest flavor. And hand-rolled by the Fuente family with a blend of six to seven distinct Dominican and Caribbean basin tobacco leaves. Each lovingly aged for at least five years. Oh, now Jensen's lighting up the Diamond Crown. 
Wow, he's got a precision burn, Tom. Mm, those highly complex flavors with hints of dark chocolate really deliver, Bill. Yes, like all cigars in J.C. Newman's premium diamond crown line. That'd be the highly rated Maximus and the Julius Caesar. Ah, now Jensen's settling in, rolling the rich smoke through his nose. Look at the satisfaction on his face, Bill. Oh, a thing of beauty, Tom. Experience the premium Diamond Crown brand by J.C. Newman at select retailers or Diamond Crown Lounge near you. Find us on Facebook at J.C. Newman Cigar Co. or visit DiamondCrown.com. Welcome to the Cigar Dave Show. If you'd like to join the alpha male conversational maneuvers, call me during the live show, Saturdays 12 noon to 2 p.m. Eastern Time at 877-DAVE-007. That's Saturdays 12 noon to 2 p.m. Eastern Time at 877-328-3007. Broadcasting from the annual Sun and Fun International Fly-In and Expo in Lakeland, Florida, it's America's Alpha Aviator, Cigar Dave. Well, that is a very famous musical composition, but you probably know it more so as the music behind the United Airlines commercials. And I will guarantee you that many of the captains and first officers that fly the big iron for United Airlines began as a... not. I would guarantee, I I can be absolutely sure they began as a student pilot way back when, and I'm sure that many of them still fly small aircraft, general aviation aircraft, and they are members of the Aircraft Owners and Pilots Association, who has been extremely hospitable in allowing us to conduct broadcast maneuvers from Sun and Fun in Lakeland, Florida, right uh, at their tent. And it is my pleasure to welcome back to the Cigar Dave Show. He joined us uh, last year, Mark Baker, the CEO of AOPA, as well as Steve Hedges, the Director of Media Relations. Gentlemen, great to have you here on the Cigar Dave Show today. Thanks, Dave. It was great to be here in Sun and Fun in Lakeland, Florida this time of year. Well, compared to the winter you had up in Washington, <laughs> gee, that's no surprise. <laughs> it's not over yet. It's not over. In fact, uh, I talked to my mother and sister two days ago. We're, we're obviously here on Saturday, but two days ago in Buffalo, they had snow on the ground late april there is something very wrong with that but it's that global warming thing <laughs> yeah, that, that we've is, seen <laughs> well uh, gentlemen first of all let me say that i'm a proud aopa member since i was a student pilot zero one zero five six two two one it's amazing remember my member number and it's kind of like uh your social security number almost <laughs> right. i mean everybody that you see they all know their aopa uh, number but mark if you would be kind enough to tell, uh, tell our lieutenants exactly what the Aircraft Owners and Pilots Association is, its history, what it's all about. Well, uh, thanks. Uh, you know, going back to 1939, uh, there was a couple of guys sitting around a table in Philadelphia that said, hey, they're trying to take our freedom to fly away, you know, pre-war, and do they really need these little 12,000 private airplanes? That's all there were about 1939. And the regulations started to come into effect about this and that, uh, as related to airspace and where they could and couldn't go in military airspace. Safety of flight was in question, whether it was a, you know, an activity people should be participating in. And they sat around the table and said, you know what, we've got to be an, become an advocate here for general aviation. And the four guys, Wingsfield in uh, 1939, started this organization, which today is the largest general aviation organization in the world. I'm uh, now the fifth, only the fifth guy since 1979 to be the CEO. So it's been a long-term history. It's grown continuously to represent pilots, you know, in the U.S., of course, but across, even around the world. We have affiliates in 61 countries that want to learn how we 
as AOPA have protected the freedom to fly, have encouraged safety, you know, provided ideas about how to have fun in aviation, and, and uh, also talk about how we can continue to lower the costs in aviation. And I remember when I learned to fly way back in college, uh, around 1984-85, it was expensive for me back then, but today the costs have gone up. Fuel now, aviation fuel, five, six dollars, seven dollars a gallon but yet there's still that passion. People have that urge to get into the air, and there are many ways to do it without breaking the bank. Well, there certainly are, and you know, by the way, just the other day, I, I picked up fuel in Arcadia, Florida for $3.38 a gallon. So with technology today, you can go on your, your, your tablet and find out where cheap gas is if you right. belong to one of these you know, things and query it. So it really feels good when you save about you know, uh, $2, $3 a gallon Absolutely. really quick. But there are a lot of other ways uh, to save money in, in, in terms of what it costs to fly. And, you know, we've, we've got these reconditioned 150, 152s. I don't know if you saw them out here yet, but that's an exciting little airplane. airplane for my first airplane, when I learned to fly, I bought one of those, my first airplane I owned. It burned about five gallons an hour. It can go 100 miles. You can have a oh, lot oh, of fun. Oh, wait, 100 miles an hour? Uh, I learned to fly in that 152 <laughs> mark. That's a little bit of hyperbole in a Cessna one. Theoretically, the book says 100. I think it was more around 90 to 92. But it's a very controllable plane to fly. It's a manageable plane. And Steve, you and I were talking. You gave me a tour of those planes. I had to take pictures because I said, man, this brings back memories when I went to the Cessna Pilot Center in Syracuse, New York, and I got the book, and I got the case, and went up for my Discovery flight. I think back then it was 35 bucks, yep. and obviously I was hooked. But when I did get my license, I said I will never get in a 152 again <laughs> because it's a little bit on the compact side, and we'll post some of these pictures. But it was a great airplane to learn in, and I remember how proud I was when I soloed, and I just it could have been a 747 yep. because I had that same feeling. And every airline pilot today, many of them, they learn to fly in that 152 or a one Cessna 150. That's the most, I think, popular airplane in the sky ever built, if I'm not mistaken, on general aviation. It uh, is actually, you know, is, is we call it the J3 of our generation. You know, the, the generation previous learned how to fly, likely in a J3 or, or Taylor Craft or something like that in the 30s and 40s and early 50s. And these little planes were introduced in the late 50s, and they have been a great trainer. And they can keep take a beating and keep on ticking. And, and they teach you all the good things you need to know about aviation, how to fly, how to use a rudder, how to use the aileron. Stick and rudder skills. And with all the high technology, it always goes back. We hear it all the time. Airline pilots where, you know, that, that crash in San Francisco, visual approach <laughs> has a triple seven. And they said, well, but he wasn't familiar with the instrument landing. I'm like, it was a sunny day. It was, it was 20 miles visibility, ceiling unrestricted. You still have to know how to fly that plane with your hands and your legs. That's simple. Well, I've seen a number of notices. I'm sure Steve has too. And a lot of airlines making announcements that they're going to go back to basic skills training for right. some of these people all over the world. In many cases, these pilots around the rest of the world don't get that kind of uh, op opportunity to fly in general aviation the same way we kind of grow up through it here. Absolutely. Steve, you know, one of the things uh, being in media relations is that we see so many of the, I call them the lamestream media, that know nothing about aviation, but immediately start when something does happen. They draw these conclusions. They jump on that all airplanes are unsafe, and that's not the case at all. Because when you think about how many general aviation flights are being conducted today, and there's got to be thousands and thousands, usually you don't hear about anything, which is a good thing. And I think that safety is improved through organizations like AOPA. But that's something you have to manage on a regular basis when you have media screaming, oh, small airplane's unsafe. It's a lot more dangerous to get into a boat than get into an airplane. Um, the statistics just bear that out. 
And you're right, the accident rates have come down way down in the last 20 years. Our Air Safety Institute does incredible work on, on safety, and it's just it's just pilot education. And the avionics instruments are getting much better. People are much more aware of what they're doing when they're flying, and it's just a higher standard these days. You know, I'm always amazed because I do get all the Aircraft Owners and Pilots Association publications, love the website, which is AOPA.org. I, uh, I subscribe to the accident reports because I want to know, I want to learn, and I think many pilots are the same way. And what's amazing is people think that airplanes just fall out of the sky, the engine just stop. It's actually a very small percentage of the total accidents, human error. Pilot error is still number one, and it revolves in many cases around judgment, knowing when to say, you know, the weather's a little iffy, I've had a long day at work, uh, yeah, I'm not feeling too well, a little pressure, maybe it's not a good time, and AOPA is certainly at the forefront of telling their members and other pilots, if you don't feel right, say no, keep it on the ground, it's a good place to be. That's right, you much rather have your people in the, on the ground wishing they were in the air than in the air wishing they were on the ground, and the idea that there's so much information available today to keep yourself current, go fly with a buddy, but you pull up your phone today and you get a good picture of the, of the weather. Radar, you know, people are looking at today here in Florida because there's right. storms around. And, you know, where people might have headed off cross-country and see what it looks like. Today, there's no excuse for that. You right. have all that information readily available for no cost. And people, I think, are making better decisions because electro electronics are in front of them. And they can navigate either way around it so they know what's going to be in front of them. So it's a... We're making some big advantages on technology. You know, it's interesting. I remember when I learned to fly in that Cessna 152, there was one communication radio, one navigation radio, uh, one battery, one generator, and that was it. There was no moving map. There was no weather radar in the airplane. You'd call flight service and say, I see some clouds up ahead. What does it look like for yep. the next 100 <laughs> miles? Think about this. I mean, in just a matter of three years with the iPad, and even people's phones. I've got an iPhone or an Android. People can get weather, pilots can get weather technology and information right in the cockpit. You can actually see which is the best way to avoid, That's stay right. out of the trouble. And even your GPS movie map, you know, which is right. now like a 10-year-old call it technology, uh, has changed just dramatically where the mountains are, where the rivers are, where the towers are. There's no excuse not to be situationally aware any, anymore. And I think pilots are taking a great advantage of that and making safer flights all the time. We're going to talk uh, with Steve a little bit later on in the next segment about learning to fly. And you've got a great program with the Cessna 152s, which we'll get into. But, Mark, let's talk about government. As we know, whether you're a cigar connoisseur, whether you like steaks on your grill, you like a libation, you like to fly, it seems that the bureaucrats right now are after every American. It seems that if you're an American, then you're guilty of something. That's right. And, and we're guilty of enjoying the freedom to be able to get in an airplane. We're, we enjoy lighting up a cigar. We enjoy having a steak or a libation. Certainly not a libation while we fly, right. unless we're in the passenger seat. <laughs> However, you are in, in the outskirts of Washington. You're there. It seems that it gets worse and worse. And I guarantee you, back when the foundation or the AOPA was created in 1939, that may have been tough conditions governmentally back then, but it's even worse now, and it just keeps getting worse. Yes, it does. There's no question about the overregulation and the size of government and the burden that the government put on, you know, these 1959 airplanes, perfect airplane. But if you wanted to go get a gas gauge updated for that old airplane, you probably can't do it because, you know, it needs to be certified, and nobody's going to go off and certify this older stuff. And yet, if you look at an experimental airplane, which doesn't have to be certified, they've got these gas gauges and electronics that work perfectly. So right. we're going to go work with government and say, what are you thinking here? Safety improves. You put people to work putting these products together that they know already work. Right. And yet, because the certification process is so slow and, and cumbersome, nothing happens. Are there any people at the FAA 
that have any common sense when you talk to them that say, look, we get this, but we're working in this huge bureaucracy? Oh, for certain. You know, bureaucracies aren't in, uh, invented to, to block. They just create blocks because they don't know how to operate. Right. And, you know, there's some people at the top of the FAA that listens to us, and they actually, in many cases, react pretty well. But then it gets lost in the, and we think, well, we've never done that before. Well, we have a fleet of aircraft today that average 45 years old. That's the average age of an airplane. Nobody thought they are going to be 45 years old when they right. built them in the 50s and 60s, by the way. So we need to go find new methods, a way to get new products on these airplanes that are really, really good. And the aluminum, the 1959-182, flies exactly the same as a brand new one. And the brand new one's $500,000. Right. Good old used one like that, $30,000. Pretty right. nice airplane. The good thing is that we have many members of Congress and senators who are pilots and aviation enthusiasts themselves. They're at the forefront trying to work with the AOPA, Aircraft Owners and Pilots Association, to change a lot of this stuff. Certainly Senator James Imhoff is one of those members. Yeah, uh, James Imhoff, who is the senator from Oklahoma, uh, has been an advocate for general aviation, a big-time flyer himself. Uh, he knows what he's talking about, and people look to him as a leader in, in general aviation, as you have Sam Graves and Rikiti in the Congress that are real aviators, uh, and their, their peers look to them to kind of guide them to what, what are the real issues. So I, we're lucky to have those kind of people as leaders uh, and make sure you support them. And Mark, I should say, uh, by the way, Mark Baker, uh, CEO of the Aircraft Owners and Pots Association, Steve Hedges, Director of Media Relations, our uh, guest here on the Cigar Dave Show from Sun and Fun. But it all starts, Mark, with first and foremost, you being an aviator yourself. Well, I like to think so. I started flying in 1977 at the University of Minnesota, same kind of thing. Uh, you know, it was very expensive. I think it was almost $12 an hour to rent an airplane back $12 then. $12 an hour. <laughs> <laughs> but I was only making two. <laughs> so the ratios maybe about the Deficit same. Deficit spending. You'd be great in the government. You <laughs> had to work a couple of, you know, weeks to get a couple hours of flying, but that's right. okay. Uh, so I've been flying since that period of time and owned a bunch of different airplanes over the years. Enjoyed collecting them and flying them and using them for business and recreation and, you know, family trips and time machines and all the things that airplanes can do. But yet there's a, there's a community at the airport that is just fun to be around. Right. And, you know, these 5,000 public-use airports that exist in our country create a unique ecosystem. You can travel from one end of this country to the other. Never got on the radio if you don't want to. I've done it lots of times. And making it a really fun vacation. And, you know, it's interesting because there was a time when you could go to your local airport. i just share a story. My father would take me to the Greater Buffalo International Airport. And uh, we'd sit in his convertible right at the end of the runway and watch the planes take off and land. And every time he'd say, what do you want to do today? Plane, plane, plane. Because I was fascinated by those planes. Even today, when I get ready to take off, I watch the planes. I know the aerodynamics, but I'm still fascinated, just as I am today as I was back then. But when you take a look at after 9-11, it's harder and harder for people to just go into an observation deck and watch planes take off and land. But there are these thousands of other airports throughout the country that people forget about, not necessarily Reagan, uh, Washington Reagan National or Tampa International or O'Hare, but you have small airports like here we are in Lakeland where people can just come up to the restaurant and watch the planes take off and land, get to talk to people that own airplanes. And one thing about the aviation community, like people that enjoy cigars, they're more than happy to share their experiences, their knowledge for the next generation. That's right, and I still believe that, uh, and I'm pretty sure the statistics bear out, the number one spectator sport in the world is aviation. I think and, you're right. And people want to be around airplanes, smell them, see them, hear them, expose children and the whole family to it. It's a great day at the airport. It's a lot of fun. I mean, when you think about it, uh, if we were here 100 years ago, this wouldn't have existed. <laughs> That's correct. This would not have existed. <laughs> Radio, television didn't exist. So we're very fortunate to be around. And Mark, it is a pleasure having you. And I know that uh, I feel great uh, having you as our CEO, as a member, a dues-paying member for now, geez, over probably 
almost 30 years. Wow. Uh, so yeah, and I'm I'm certainly get all the great publications and keep uh, keep fighting the fight uh, against the bureaucrats and the enemies of we have enemies of pleasure and EOAs, enemies of aviation okay. in Washington. <laughs> so Mark, we appreciate you joining us today on the Cigar Dave Show, lieutenants. When we come back, we'll talk to Steve Hedges and another special guest, learning to fly. It is really close to your realm. You can do it. A lot of people think, oh, it's got to be complicated. Yeah, you got to learn. You got to spend some time. But anything worth doing certainly is worth pursuing. And we will talk about that as we continue from the 2015 Sun and Fun Fly in an Expo, Lakeland, Florida. The General is now on Instagram. Follow him for pictures of the latest cigars, libations, and what he's enjoying during the show. <laughs> that could be interesting. And we'll have to block out some faces. Go to Instagram and search Cigar Day. Wow, the new Super Lee Hero from Rocky Patel. That's right. This seed took years of development. This is a new varietal from Costa Rica. Years of planning, years of research, and working with the Placencia family, we have a seed called the Super Ligero. That's the magic in this new cigar. This cigar has a unique wrapper from St. Augustine from the mountains of Honduras. That's right, Nemish, and that's why this cigar is so special, because it has a character that is very, very different than all of the cigars. In fact, whether you're a novice, amateur, professional, full-body smoker, you're gonna love this cigar because this character with the Super Ligero and the St. Augustine wrapper just delivers a lot of unique flavors that everyone's gonna enjoy. Look for it in your local retailers coming this October. America is under attack. Basic freedoms, privileges, and acts that we would normally take for granted are disappearing each day, including the simple ability to enjoy a cigar. This is Glenn Loop, Executive Director of Cigar Rights of America, CRA. At a time when elected officials should be thinking about education, public safety, and creating jobs, they are actually thinking about smoking bans, new taxes, and regulations of historic proportions on premium cigars. The cigars that provide us with pleasure, relaxation, and fellowship are under attack. We have to stop it. That's why Cigar Rights of America was created, to work for a new political day for cigar enthusiasts across America, to roll back restrictive laws and defeat onerous taxes and regulations that impact everyone from your local cigar shop to your personal humidor. For the price of a few great cigars, be a part of this effort to protect your right to enjoy a cigar without excessive taxation and cumbersome legislation. Go to CigarRights.org. Let's tell the government we've had enough. Join now, CigarRights.org. Enjoy the latest and greatest cigars shipped directly to you. Join the Cigar Dave Officers Club now, and you'll receive three premium cigars every month. Membership is just $22.95, including shipping and handling. Join by going to CigarDave.com now. That's CigarDave.com. Click on Officers Club. Command Center Alpha has taken to the skies today. From the annual Sun and Fun International Fly-In and Expo, your sky pilot of alpha male pleasure, Cigar Dave. 
Being the aviation enthusiast that I am, I could spend 365 days if there was a sun and fun convention every day of the year. And my pleasure to welcome back Steve Hedges, the Director of Media Relations for the Aircraft Owners and Pilots Association, and Jamie Beckett, who is the Florida Ambassador for the AOPA. And uh, Jamie, I was just asking you, I know you're based in Winter Haven, not far from the Cigar City of Tampa. Being an ambassador, do you have a, live in an embassy? You know, I have a tea hanger across the field here, and I would say that's sovereign AOPA territory <laughs> right inside there. <laughs> there you go. Well, Steve, let's talk about learning to fly, because a lot of people see airplanes, they, they, they're fascinated by airplanes, and they say, geez, I'd love to do that one day. So Steve, how does one become a pilot? Well, you have to take that first step and try to find out about flying. You can go to uh, AOPA's website, and we'll help you do that. Uh, we have all kinds of initiatives to get people into the cockpit. Uh, we like uh, the idea of flying clubs. There are more than 600 flying clubs in our flying club network. A flying club is a place where there are a number of pilots. It could be three. It could be ten. They pool their resources. They buy aircraft. They maintain the aircraft. And you can go learn to fly in a flying club. So you've got an immediate support community around you at the airport. You can get in a plane and start flying. You can go to the local flight school and um, talk to them about flying. They will help you design a program around your life and your needs and get you in the cockpit and get you flying, teach you the basics through a ground school and get going. And it's, it's, it's not an expensive process. It doesn't have to be expensive. You could do it very affordably. And you know, even if you fly one time per week, but as long as you stay consistent, you can get that, you get your, your, your uh, private pilot license, whether you want to do it in a month, three months, six months, some people take longer than that. As long as you're continuous and you are, you're focused uh, on a time frame at, at getting that license. And the first thing I would recommend is do a internet search. Yeah. Flight schools. And then go and talk to them, pay them a visit. I learned on a $35 Cessna Discovery flight. I'm sure many of them have that now. Oh, well, sure. And that's a great way to get up there and see, if, see how it feels. See if you're really interested. And a lot of people do that and they come back and they say, yeah, this is, I really want to do this. This was great. And even if you're a student pilot, if you're not a, a student pilot or private pilot, but you love aviation, you have some great, uh, membership is pretty reasonable. $39 a year, if I'm not mistaken. It's up to 49 now. Oh, it's 49 It's but still it's, a steal. It's still a steal. You get a terrific magazine. It's worth. It's just worth the cost of the magazine yeah, you, right you there. Yeah, you get AOPA pilot, which is great. And then you have flight training. In fact, I love, even though I'm an experienced pilot, there's some great tips in here. Crosswind landings, dealing with weather, and uh, we never stop learning as pilots. So you really have tons of resources at AOPA.org uh, to teach people and, and, and guide people, and you also have a great member services number if people have questions. We have a pilot information center. You can call anytime, ask any kind of question about aviation. In fact, we have just a number, we have incredible resources f f within AOPA. We have a legal services plan. We have weather, we have flight planning. You can use all those servers. It's one of the best weather sites on the internet. So. We've been watching it here. 49 bucks for the year. You can't go wrong, AOPA.org. Now, Jamie, uh, uh, you are the ambassador for Florida for AOPA, and you have a new You Can Fly program powered by AOPA with Cessna 152s. Tell me about that. Oh, it's the most exciting thing I've ever been involved in by far. Uh, there's four ambassadors in the United States right now that will grow over time, I have no doubt. And we have four basic areas. Essentially, I'm the consultant you don't pay. If you want to learn how to put together a flying club, just call me up and I'll come to your airport. We'll have lunch or a coffee and we'll, we'll talk about it and see how to get it done in a way you want it to happen. If you need your flying, your flight school, you want to market a little better, you want to use your people better, you want to reach out to the public better, we can help you do that. 
if you're a rusty pilot and you haven't flown in years, I just helped a guy who hasn't flown in 40 years, and when he finished up, he flew a P-51. All his dreams coming through, it, it's just great. And we reimagined there, the 152. I get to take that all around the state of Florida and show it off to people, take people on familiarization flights. I have the greatest job in the world, and I get to front for AOPA. It's terrific. And I took a, a tour of those Cessna 152s, brought back memories, because that's what I learned to fly in in college, 1984-85, in Syracuse, New York. And I, I can tell you that uh, it's very tight, but it was a great learning airplane, and I'm thrilled that I have never gone back in one since. However, it was great to reminisce. Uh, Jamie Beckett, the ambassador for the state of Florida for the Aircraft Owners and Pilots Association. Steve Hedges, director of media relations. Go to AOPA.org. Lieutenants, hour number one of this special edition of the Cigar Dave Show now in the Annals of History. Got a great hour for you uh, coming right up. We've got Leith, uh, Lights Leanhouse. He is the CEO of Sun and Fun. We'll also talk to Craig Fuller of Redbird Flight Simulations. Computers can help you learn to fly. And Mark Blanton from the Humidor Store, a pilot, as well as the foremost authority on humidification. We'll continue from Sun and Fun, Lake Glen, Florida. This is CCRN, the Cigar Connoisseur Radio Network. Broadcasting from Humidor 1A in the Cigar City of Tampa, Florida, USA. Welcome to the Cigar Dave Show, your weekly excursion into the world of cigars, spirits, and diversions. The cigar and pleasure-friendly hotlines are open. 877-DAVE-007. Now, fire up a cigar and pour yourself a cocktail. It's time for the General Cigar Dave. Two of my absolute favorite passions are cigars and flying. And I hate to admit this, lieutenants. No, I really don't. Not necessarily in that order. Because I have been, I was exposed by my father, as I said earlier in the show, to the aviation bug at a very young age when he took me to the Greater Buffalo International Airport when I was three years old and we used to watch the planes take off and land and I always found it to be fascinating. And here I am many years later, an aviator. Proud to say that I'm an aviator, part of the aviation community and the one time of year that is my most favorite time here in the Cigar City and in the Sunshine State is right around spring for the annual Sun and Fun International Fly-In and Expo, Lakeland, Florida, where we are coming to you today we have moved Command Center Alpha right to the flight line. Long-ass greetings and salutations. A long-ass snappy salute. Welcome back. Hour number two of the Cigar Dave Show. We are at the Lakeland Linder Airport. There is an entire airport full of airplanes and airplane paraphernalia and products and air shows. You name it, it is going on right here at the Sun and Fun. It goes on today as well as tomorrow. So if you are thinking about doing something, by all means, come on down. It is my absolute delight to welcome to the Cigar Dave Show, our special edition, the president and CEO of the Sun and Fun Fly-In and Expo, John Lights Leanhouse. Welcome, John. 
Absolutely. Thank you so very much, Cigar Dave. You have no idea how thrilled we are to be out here for the 41st annual Sun and Fun International Flying and Expo as thousands upon thousands of airplanes descend upon the busiest airport on the planet for one week, and then we get hundreds of thousands of people that drive in just to see the show. Lights, I wish you had a little more enthusiasm about this Sun and Fun Expo. And by the way, <laughs> if you ever, if the president CEO gig of Sun and Fun doesn't work out for you, but I know it will, uh, you can always host the Cigar Dave show anytime you want. But uh, Lights, uh, that is your, your Navy pilot nickname. And before we talk about Sun and Fun, I'd love to talk about your background because you were named president and CEO last year, and you actually come from a military background. Yes, sir, I sure do. I was one of those lucky uh, guys that uh, saw the military as an opportunity to stop having to pump gas and Kansas and load hay and hay ba bales and I said you know what I'm looking up in the sky thinking that sure looks like a whole lot of fun but I got no cash I'll bet you that United States Navy would pay to learn teach me how to fly and the next thing I know is 28 years later and I looked in the rearview mirror and said wow what a ride that was awesome travel the world flying off an aircraft carrier jet fighters going twice the speed of sound treated like a rock star in any foreign port you went into and it's like I'll never be able to top that well guess what I topped that they got me this position down here to take over Sun and Fun. It actually was four years ago. Was it that long already? Yeah, it was back wow. in 2011 in August of 11. It makes the Navy career flying off carrier pale in a comparison to the excitement and thrill of running the Sun and Fun fly-in. And we will talk about Sun and Fun because you have done a remarkable job. I've been coming to these for 18 years or so, and you've done a, a great job, noticeable improvements, which I want to get to. But I'd love to talk about your Navy career for a minute. First of all, what type of aircraft did you fly, and what is it like landing on an aircraft carrier that's moving up and down 6, 8, 10, 12 feet? This is a uh, public radio, so I have to be careful how I couch my <laughs> words. The truth be known, uh, there are several words in the uh, in the English language. Does, does some have to do with lead bricks? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, it's the most exhilarating thing you can do in an aircraft. Matter of fact, right down the, right down here uh, next to us was Patty Wagstaff, and she was signing autographs. And I took Patty riding in a Hornet uh, off the USS uh, Enterprise, and uh, on the cat stroke. Well, first I told her we came into trap. So I said, no, you better hang on, make sure the harness is locked, because if we hit, it's going to be pretty violent. So we trapped, and you're coming in, you're coming in at about 175 miles per hour, and you're on glide path at 3.5-degree glide slope, and you've got to be dead on, plus or minus a knot and a half. You have to be plus or minus 10 feet of the center line, and you've got about a 40-foot area horizontally to land in. And so we nailed that to number three wire, come to a screeching halt uh, in about a, a second and a half in a distance of about 300 feet, and she goes... Okay, that was pretty violent. <laughs> and I said, okay, hang on for the cat shot. And on that cat shot, I won't say what she said, but she, it was pretty much holy and... <laughs> <laughs> and that actually catapults you. Like It's like a rocket, isn't it? It's a steam catapult where they infuse steam into two giant cylinders underneath the deck, and it accelerates your airplane from zero to about 170 miles per hour in 315 feet in 1.8 seconds. Wow. I mean, you, you're along for the ride. And in a Hornet, now, see, I've flown, I've flown F-18 Hornets, A-7 Corsair IIs, and the F-14 Tomcat. So I was qualified in all of those throughout my 28 years. The fun one was obviously the Hornet. But because it had fly-by-wire, you don't touch the controls. You lock your arm on the throttles so that they can't come back. Because if you don't have them locked down on that cat stroke, the throttles will go to idle. And I watched the guy do that. And, of course, he jumps out of the jet, and the airplane goes in the drink, and that's into that. But uh, you lock your arm so the throttles don't move, and you grab your hand and hold on to a handhold on the canopy. I've seen that. And you don't touch the stick because the airplane knows how to seek its optimum angle of attack for the launch parameters 
all by itself. So once the, the stroke is done and the airplane rotates to, to flying condition, you reach down, take the stick, and start flying. We had a guy who was an old A7 pilot, and they told him, don't grab the stick till you're into the stroke. He went for it anyway, like in the A7 days, and he grabbed that stick, and it, he, he, he tried to pull back. Yep. The airplane said, that's not right. I'm pushing down. pushing down. Then he pulled back more. He goes, well, I guess you really want it. So now it really pitches up, and he goes, that's too much. He pushes forward, and he gets into what you're, you and I both know is pilot-induced oscillation. Yep. So it goes into this wobble mode, and out he comes. And a perfectly jet, good jet went in the drink, and that was pretty much the end of his career. What was your favorite airplane to fly? F-18 Hornet. It was designed by pilots. Oh, heretofore, the Hornet hit the street. Everything in the cockpit was done by engineers. So the layout was not necessarily uh, the easiest and most user-friendly. But when we designed the Hornet back in the 70s, we put pilots into the cockpit and said, where do you want everything? As well as we went from steam gauges to glass cockpit. So now I could move information around on those cockpits. And they took everything that was on your consoles and they packed those right up into your stick and throttle. So it's called HOTES, hands-on stick and throttle. And you actually control everything in the cockpit once you get started right there on this, what looks to be a porcupine that's a stick and your throttles with all these little switches and buttons on it. And you move your radar around, your communication, your speed brake, all your weapon systems are designated right there. And then you obviously pull the trigger from the stick. You miss flying those planes? Well, you know, I, everybody asked me that question, and I'll, and I'll give you the, the straight-up truth. I sure miss flying them during the daytime. I do not miss flying off the ship at night. I was going to say, that's got to be a totally different perspective. As a private pilot, everything is different at night. The airplane flies the same, you land the same, but your perspective in the evening, it's like you're in a black hole. You don't think you're moving. It is a very different perspective, and it's all about risk factor, and certainly at night, everything goes up. Oh, well, you know, we all know that when the sun goes down, nothing good happens. So uh, at sea, when the ship's pitching around out there and moving in high seas, and you've got crosswinds, and even though the ship tries to get into the wind, they never do quite get there, and it's dark, it's pitch black, and then you're coming down the pike, and all you're thinking about is, I really want to be able to go home and see the family when this is over with. <laughs> <laughs> John Lights Leanhouse, President and CEO of the Sun and Fun Flying and Expo, is our guest here from Sun and Fun 2015. Tell us, you retired, uh, what, how long ago did you retire from the Navy? I retired in 2001. I went to work for Northrop Grumman and uh, modified uh, and improved the F-18 program. So and as a pilot, you knew exactly what you wanted to improve. Oh, absolutely. So we knew how to keep the, my new customer was my Navy buddies. So right. we fixed, we put stuff in the airplane. If you imagine taking your old 60 Chevy and you pull out the A-Track and you put an MP3 player in it. Right. So that's what we were doing with Hornets. And uh, do you fly recreationally now well pilot? i've owned an airplane my personal airplane since 1979 and currently today i own a 1941 stearman and a 1930 waco rnf that i take around to air shows and fun pleasure flying so when the stress of sun and fun gets a little high uh, you start taking deep breaths right. i step out of my office into the hangar fire up that big old 360 radial out there and away it's an r680 and it's a 300 horsepower, and I push that Stearman in the sky, and all of a sudden that prop just blows all the issues away. Do you get as much enjoyment flying those airplanes, the Stearman and the other airplane, as you did flying the Navy planes? Oh, absolutely. You know, I can tell people, they ask the, the standard question is, what airplane is your most favorite to fly? And I said, the one I'm in. And that's true the way it is. If you love aviation, you love airplanes. And I don't care if it's a Cessna 150 or flying a Citation or flying a Hornet or flying a Stearman. Every one of them has something to give you a challenge, and you got to focus your brain and your hands and your skills on it. And at the, when the flight is over with, you feel good about yourself. All of a sudden, your, your motivation of life goes up, your exhilaration, your confidence, everything is accentuated 
when you fly. You know, as a pilot myself, and I'm sure you can relate to this, whether you're flying military or you're flying private or even an airliner, there's something about proudly taking that airplane off, planning for that flight, successfully landing, doing everything correctly. You know why the airplane flies, but nonetheless, there's that sense of accomplishment. I don't care whether you're flying 15 minutes across Tampa Bay or you're going across the country, but there's that feeling of exhilaration. And I think everybody here in attendance at Sun and Fun, whether they're a pilot or not, gets that from aviation. It's almost a universal excitement. You see kids, you see older people. There is no demographic when it comes to aviation and flying. No, the neatest thing about uh, the Sun and Fun experience is it brings all those folks together in one place at one time. We share that ex- all those great camaraderie stories and the, and the bond of aviation in our, in our blood. And the best part about all of this, Dave, this is the key point, is when they come here to enjoy the experience of aviation and camaraderie, the money that we raise, because this is a fundraiser, we're a not-for-profit, all that money goes back into the educational process to put young men and women into cockpits. We call it kids to cockpits, cradle to career in aviation. And so we have a high school. We have an aerospace center for excellence. I just cut the ribbon on a live 727 jumbo jet that is now a classroom, fully functional. The Piedmont. The Piedmont. I saw that. I took a picture as I came in. We just had kids, 17, 18-year-old kids, start that thing up. That's what they do now. So when you talk about all those, those tenets that you learn in flying, we translate those to building better citizens and our students so that they can if they go to aviation they got a head start we give out scholarships to learn to fly we're producing over 30 pilots a year for free they also earn to be amp mechanics they go on to get college degrees in aerospace engineering as paid for by sun and fund by your dollars when you come here so we're building back the aviation community faster than anywhere else in the world Lights, can we keep you on for one more quick segment? Because I do want to talk about a couple of more things. And I want to relate a story about a 727 to me flying, because I think you'll get a kick out of that. (laughs) Our special guest here is John Lights Leanhouse, the president, CEO of the Sun and Fun International Flying and Expo. Lieutenants, it goes on until tomorrow. If you are looking, if you're in the Cigar City area, Tampa Bay, anywhere in the state of Florida (laughs) or the southeast, fly on down. It goes on until tomorrow. We will continue front and center from the flight line here at Sun and Fun. You, you need to add some alpha to your Facebook news feed. By following The General, you'll get the latest intel in the world of cigars, info on the show each week, and see what The General is smoking. Click like at Facebook.com slash Cigar Dave. Hi. I know everybody's familiar with the 95-rated Decade, one of the finest cigars ever made and produced by Rocky Patel. Well, he outdid himself. I'm here to introduce a new Decade Cameroon. It's got a beautiful African Cameroon wrapper on it. And when you put this wrapper with the wonderful blend of the Decade cigar, it just takes it to another level. You get that little sweetness on the back of your palate. You get the cedar, the hickory notes with a little bit of spice. You know what I want to do? I want to just sit in my backyard or on my patio or a bar stool and enjoy the cigar. You can take it all the way down. I tell you, Rocky, you outdid yourself on this one. And if you haven't tried it, it's going to be at your local retail store. Go get yourself one. You won't be disappointed because this cigar, man, does it smoke great. As a cigar connoisseur, one of the pleasures that we derive is walking into our retailer's humidor and seeing the latest and greatest in the world of cigars. 
Nine years ago, I had the idea that I wanted to share great cigars with the cigar lieutenants. So, the Officers Club was born. Every month, you will receive three fantastic premium cigars direct to your door, shipped in a very dapper Officers Club customized Ziploc cigar pouch. $22.95 per month gets you the latest and greatest in the world of cigars. No long-term contracts. You can cancel whenever you want. You enjoy great cigars right to your door. Names like Perdomo, Diamond Crown, Brickhouse, San Latano, Rocky Patel, Torano, CAO, Avo, Camacho, Greycliff, and many more. Join the Officers Club today. Go to CigarDave.com, click on Officers Club, and for $22.95, you'll get the latest and greatest in the world of cigars. Hey, I need to hit the bank before we get on the road. Is it your bank across town? No, no. It's right here. Uh, that's a tobacconist. Yeah, I need to pick up some annuities and currency. Did you knock your head really hard recently? I'm picking up the Banker by H. Upman. Annuity and currency are two sizes. You know I don't understand all that financial mumbo-jumbo. And the Banker is a new cigar made with rich tobaccos inspired by the original H. Upman that was created in 1844 by the Upman brothers, who were bankers by trade. It was given as unique present for their most important clients, and the prize cigar was stored in a vault under lock and key. The only thing my banker has ever given me was a calendar with pictures of his dog dressed as pinup models. It sounds like you need a new banker. Only if you're talking about the cigar. Purchase the banker by H. Upman at your local tobacconist today and look for ways you can crack the code to the vault of the banker by H. Upman. Surgeon General Warning. Cigar smoking can cause lung cancer and heart disease. Please make sure your seatbelts are securely fastened as we take to the skies on the Cigar Dave Show. From the Sun and Fun International Expo in Lakeland, Florida, it's America's Alpha Pilot, Cigar Dave. A five-star Alpha Pilot from the flight line here at the Sun and Fun International Flying and Expo, Lakeland, Florida, Central Part of Florida. Our guest is the president and CEO of Sun and Fun, John Lights Leanhouse. Does this music get you back in the mood to go fly one of those oh. F-18s? You know what? You know what's really funny about that, Dave? I was one of the only guys in the Navy, and I don't know how I got away with this, but I took a tape player with rock and roll music. I pumped it into my headset, so I'm taking a cast rock. I'm rocking the ZZ Top. <laughs> that is fantastic. Uh, Lights, how did you get the name Lights, by the way? That's well, your you nickname. Know, you know, you never get to pick your nickname like you did in, in Top Gun. You're not Viper and Iceman and Eagle and all that. You do something stupid, you get a name. And so my, my name, my last name is Lean Houts, and they said, well, that sounds kind of like a lighthouse. Well, I made so many junior officer mistakes. They go, well, obviously the lights are out. That's lights out. So I was lights out for a couple, three years until I stopped making mistakes, and then they just left me alone and kept it at lights. And that was it. Lights, let's talk about uh, Sun and Fun. You talked about the Piedmont 727. If I could share a personal memory, the first ever commercial airline flight I took was from Buffalo, New York to Miami, Florida. United Airlines Flight 972 left at 7 a.m. United Sunbird Service, February of 1970. I was uh, six, about to turn seven years old. And I remember that was before the jetway days. And I remember with my dad, my mother, my sister, and we looked up at the airplane because you sat in this waiting area. You take the stairs up, and I remember looking saying, that plane is so big. And within the first 10 minutes, I was hooked. I loved it. And, you know, looking at that 727, that's the first thing I thought about being up close is looking at that plane like I did 
on my first commercial aviation ride in 1970. How cool is that? What a great memory. You know, everybody gets started in aviation some way, somehow. Some little moment in time ticks your clock, and the alarm goes off, and you go, I'm going to go into aviation. I don't know how I'm going to do it. I don't know what I'm going to do with it, but I'm not going to be one of the people stuck walking in two dimensions. I'm going three dimensions into the sky. And even if people can't become pilots or don't want to become pilots, but they love being around airplanes, this is the place. So give us a guided tour, if you will, of Sun and Fun, what any visitors, if they come later today or tomorrow, what they or next year for that matter, what they'd experience. Well, first of all, you're going to get into the parking lot out there. We have trams to pick you up and get you right to the front gate. Our, our uh, 25 or 30 open windows there to get you through as fast as we can. And as you walk in, you're going to see the Veterans Plaza. We recognize all the great things our veterans have done for us. Reenactors are out there as well. We team up with the Island of the Bahamas. They have a visit the Bahamas area down there. And then as you come on, on uh, today and tomorrow, we actually have a 200-plus uh, classic car event that's hosted by Carlisle Events out of Carlisle, Pennsylvania. So you can look at classic cars as you move into, if you go to the right, you go into the uh, light sport area where we fly uh, light sport aircraft and then you've got vintage antique aircraft that date back we've got one out there right now that was built in 1916 it's a JN4 Jenny and then you can walk into the Warbird ramp and there are hundreds of vintage military aircraft that date back into the uh, 30s and 40s that made the world made America uh, the air power that it was and then this uh, whole Saturday Sunday we've got the new military back out there sequestration killed it a couple of years ago they're back so we have a p8 poseidon we got a f22 uh raptor we've got the f18 and f15 the list just goes on and you get right up close to him you walk right next to him you walk up put your hands on it and talk to the guy flying it or the right. guy fixing it if that's what you want to do then you can turn and jump into the main display area we've got 500 vendors selling everything paint to polish to airplanes to jackets anything associated with aviation we have 75 different kinds of food vendors from yeah we've got the carnival stuff to right up to high-end dinners you can have out here several uh, beer gardens if you like to have a cold libation in the evening that's good for you and then we got a campground and a, a party every night in the campground where we have bands playing so there is literally and a kid zone right up front as you come in so if you got a little tyke out there that wants to climb on a, on a moon rocket you can go do that too and there's something for everybody, as you mentioned, and there's even there's, there's vendors that sell aviation-related books and videos, and my favorite is uh, I go into the tent for the harem that I have. It has a, I get them the T-shirts that say, the little tank tops that say, remove before flight. So before they come in my uh, airplane cigar, me one, they must remove it before <laughs> flight. That is always my favorite. They always ask for more of those, but it's such a great experience. I know your tagline a couple of years ago, or last year, I think it was spring break for pilots, and it's really true, and it's for everybody that's an aviation enthusiast. And you've done a great job. As somebody that's attended for 18 years, Lights, you have really done a fantastic job. So as an aviation enthusiast, I want to thank you, and I want to thank you for all your hospitality, for allowing us to come out here and have the opportunity to chat with you. John Lights, Leanhouse, President, CEO, former uh, Navy Airman. Pleasure. We appreciate your service as well. Thank you, Dave. It's a pleasure to be here. You guys have a great weekend. We are indeed. Listen, if you're around airplanes, you're on warm weather, no snow, life is good. Lieutenants, we will continue from the flight line in front of the AOPA, the Aircraft Owners and Pilots Association tent, right here at Sun and Fun 2015, Lakeland, Florida.
April selection for the Cigar Dave Officers Club is Super Lajero from Rocky Patel. It uses a hybrid seed from Costa Rica, which was created with the Placencia family after years of planning and research. It has a unique wrapper from St. Augustine from the mountains of Honduras, which gives it a great character. It's easy to join the Officers Club. Get all the details at CigarDave.com. walk into a cigar shop, stare at hundreds of choices, and wonder as you take in the aroma. Go with an old standard or try something new? Lead or follow? That's the real question here, isn't it? Next time, choose to lead with a premium cigar from Royal Gold Cigars. Royal Gold Cigars introduces two exciting new premium cigar lines, Casino Gold HRS High Roller Selection and Kismet. Hand-rolled in Honduras with a blend of four distinct quality fillers wrapped in a rich Habano Rosado wrapper. The Casino Gold HRS is a medium-bodied cigar for high rollers who never gamble on flavor. For a robust option, try our bold Dominican Puro, Kismet, meaning destiny, a blend of six Dominican tobaccos. It's bold, smooth, burns evenly, and leaves a clean white ash. There, we narrowed the options. Lead or follow. Visit RoyalGoldCigars.com. Surgeon General Warning. Cigar smoking can cause cancers of the mouth and throat even if you do not inhale. Welcome to the Cigar Dave Show. If you'd like to join the alpha male conversational maneuvers, call me during the live show, Saturdays 12 noon to 2 p.m. Eastern Time at 877-DAVE-007. That's Saturdays 12 noon to 2 p.m. Eastern Time at 877-328-3007. Broadcasting from Cockpit 1A in the Aircraft Owners and Pilots Association tent at Sun and Fun International Fly-In and Expo in Lakeland, Florida. Here's your five-star pilot, Cigar Dave. Well, I could listen to Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers all day, and I love this song, Learning to Fly. How appropriate, because our next guest, our current guest, Craig Fuller is the chairman of the board of Redbird Flight Simulations, which actually is involved in teaching people how to fly. And Craig, welcome. I should also tell you that this is kind of old home week for you because we're at the Aircraft Owners and Pilots Association tent. You are the former president and CEO of AOPA. Well, David, it's great to be with you. And you're right. It's great to be sitting here in front of the AOPA tent. I wandered through yesterday as an AOPA member, and boy, you get treated well when you're just an AOPA member. That's exactly right. And I remember uh, when we first met, it's got to be about 10 years ago, I was having lunch at the Columbia Restaurant, and you came in with a couple of people from the Tampa Bay Visitors and Convention Bureau, and uh, I started chatting with you and uh, mentioning that I'm an AOPA member and you had your convention over here and what a great convention it was is that 10 years ago it's it almost it's almost 10 years ago and it was absolutely wonderful you know you're right there on the water you get a chance to uh, have those wonderful views it's a beautiful city yep great airports and uh, you know and i think we've even smoked a few cigars which uh, okay i know too. you did if you're in the cigar city craig and i just gave you a few <laughs> because you said where you are staying in one of the camping areas every night you have cigars i am i one of the probably one of the groups that i've enjoyed more than any other 
in the time I was at AOPA are the Recreational Aviation Foundation pilots. And so a few years ago, they came to me with the idea, and we supported it, to put in a fire hub here at uh, Lakeland Airport. It's a gathering spot. Uh, we start at 6.30 in the morning with coffee and donuts, you know, the basic food, there you go. food groups for pilots. <laughs> That's right. And uh, in the evening, we, uh, we go until they uh, get us to turn things down at 10 o'clock with, uh, with a fire. And I went to, to kind of spread the wood out because I'm camped right across in my earth roamer. And I noticed a guy having a great time enjoying a cigar. And he told me t- this morning that he stayed there until midnight and people kept coming and joining him and talking right. and, you know, what, what could be better? So. You, you light a cigar, and if you're an aviator or you're, whatever your, your recreational pursuit, Harleys, airplanes, it just bonds people. People get together, and that's a beautiful thing about aviation. It's like cigars. It brings everybody together. You could literally set up a, a couple of chairs in a hangar, buy an airplane, not even take the airplane out to fly, and uh, just start telling stories, telling jokes. Next thing you know, a whole afternoon has passed by. You're right. I found myself uh, actually last night sitting and talking with a delightful couple and about flying and where they where they fly, where I fly, all that sort of thing, only to discover we live about an hour away from each other in northern Virginia. Now, you're originally from California, and I should say that you come from a political background. You are the former chief of staff of Vice President George H.W. Bush. This is correct. I actually uh, left California in Good 19- Good move, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> I get back occasionally to the, w- to the wine country. Another I passion. love Napa and Sonoma. I know. That's but great. I, I came in 1981. I was assistant to President Reagan initially. I knew him from his days as governor of California. And I thought I'd spend three or four years there, and it's been, you know, I'm approaching 40, I th- 40 years. Never left. Uh, <laughs> never left. And it, uh, but it was, it was a great experience and a wonderful opportunity. And you're a pilot yourself. I think you fly at, I believe, was it a Bonanza? Uh, I, I, you're right. When we met, I had a Bonanza, flew the Bonanza. I was hoping to upgrade to a Baron when I went to AOPA and got typerated in the citations. Flew the CJ3. Flew the Caravan, which I l- really loved. We had a Caravan at Which the is time. a single-engine turboprop Cessna. Turboprop right. Cessna. We took it to the Bahamas and did, I, I, I call it Five Guys, Five Islands, and Five Days. It right. was basically a photo shoot, but right. it was a lot of fun. And then I got myself a Husky, and I flew the, I love that. And, and that's th- a tail dragger. It's tail one of those dragger. that you can, got big wheels, you can land them and a very short runway on grass on the side of a mountain, literally anywhere. And it does about 100 miles an hour, unless you're into the wind. I did get it all the way out to Wyoming and flew around the Grand Tetons. And I now, I now, I finally, when I, after I left AOPA, I uh, ended up getting the Baron. So now I fly a Beechcraft you do have Baron. A yeah, twin engine, Beechcraft, beautiful, beautiful airplane. And I still follow you. You have a blog. Can you uh, give that <laughs> blog address for all of our lieutenants? Because well, if people are interested, not only in aviation, but it's just general conversation. It's you great. know, I, I've had a lot of fun with it. If you go to www.thefullercompany.com, you'll see a beautiful picture of the Husky as we are approaching Alpine, Wyoming. And you'll get a little click through to my, uh, to my blog and my monthly uh, newsletter is called First Monday comes out on the first Monday of every month. I actually started it. Hard for me to believe, uh, doing something 15 years ago. First t- first time it came out was the first Monday of January. Still 2000. comes out. Still comes out. <laughs> Beautiful. W- w- what did what do you like better, politics or aviation? Truthfully, I started. I got the, the really the bug to fly at age 14. I went up in a seaplane with my father. My father was a flight instructor for the Army Corps uh, for the Ar- for the uh, Army Air Corps. It was really taken by it and so i was lifeguarding and teaching swimming lessons and he paid half i paid half started started at 16 uh became a private pilot at 17 a long time ago and have flown ever since so it's really that's really been part of my life 
I like the politics in some ways a lot better in the 80s than I like it in yeah, the, it's different the, today. this decade. But um, we stayed in Washington. My wife's a native Washingtonian. We live in wa- the Washington, D.C. area, northern Virginia. And I stay involved in public policy. Now actually combining the two, though. Now really working on aviation policy issues uh, a good part of my time. I'm Believe it or not, uh, you've already revealed my political background. I'm actually appointed by the Obama administration to what? serve on the FAA Management Advisory <laughs> Council. <laughs> I know, I know. I said, this is never going to work. And the FAA administrator Craig, said, it's no. Been, it's been a pleasure having you <laughs> on the show today. You can leave now. <laughs> <You know>, well, <laughs> cigar smoking, wine drinking, they may toss me off. I don't know. <laughs> so actually, you're, you're involved on new FAA policy, including... Uh, next generation air traffic, all the issues You're that we're looking at. Right, and this year, this year is the year f- to reauthorize the uh, Federal Aviation Administration's budget. FAA reauthorization bill is up, and they're talking about lots of reform issues and try to in- trying to improve a number of things at the FAA. So I believe in that, and of course, I'm very involved in flight training, as you pointed out. That's as what I want to bring into Redbird. Yeah, now let's talk about Redbird flight simulations because when you started to fly way back, and I learned to fly, basically you got a book. You had an instructor. There were no DVDs, no videos, no computers. It was get in the airplane, and we're just going to learn how to take off and turn and, and, and read the, uh, the coursework. But things have changed dramatically for the better, I believe, to make aviation safer. So t- talk about Redbird flight simulations, what they're all about, what they do, and where they're located. So a really, a really great and exciting thing happened when uh, uh, some group people came out of Dell Computer Company. Dell came out of Dell in Texas. And Jerry Gregoire, the founder, decided that really we needed to find a way to make flight simulators available for basic flight training. And because of his, his skills and capabilities, he realized he could replicate the avionics. You didn't actually have to go buy the avionics. You could replicate it with computers. That dramatically lowered the cost. So that was sort of breakthrough number one. And he came on the market about 2008. I was at AOPA thinking we have got to do something about flight training. And mm-hmm. the two of us kind of bonded and uh, continued to work together on this. The other breakthrough is because you're looking at a panel that's a, com- that's a computer screen, that computer screen can watch what the instructor is doing and, and, so, and what the student is doing. And so now you've got a, a simulator that the student can operate as, a, uh, as an aircraft, but that, but that computer watches the student and can provide flight training and lessons <coughs> right, right there on the, on the screen. So. We're excited about it. We have basic uh, simulators for basic aircraft. We even have a simulator flying here at Sun and Fun for the Sun Flyer, an electric motor-driven aircraft that's not yet <coughs> in production, but it's getting there. Very low-cost trainer, all the way up to Citation Jets, CJ1 Plus simulators, Caravan, uh, the turboprop simulator I mentioned. Now, do you have something that a, a student can buy for their own computer or primarily just through the flight schools? It's So <coughs> this is a... This is, uh, uh, if you go to if you go to redbirdflightsimulations.com, redbirdflightsimulations.com, you'll see a J, which is a simulator you could have at home for under $2,500. It's its own uh, it's its own sort of flight training device, if you will, and you can have a very realistic uh, experience. And then uh, some people buy the, uh, the the slightly larger version, desktop version, for home use. But primarily, our customers are flight training organizations, in which I'm pleased to say we have. Uh, hundreds around the U.S., and increasingly they're being sold all over the world now. The first time I ever went into a real live full-motion simulator, a friend of mine retired as the number two captain at U.S. Airways flying the A330. He was the first uh, uh, pilot to get typed out for U.S. Airways, and he took me in. We spent five hours in the simulator. Oh, wow. And I learned so much (coughs) from him 
about systems and, and about just proper checklist procedures and, and, and just basic management, uh, aeronautical decision making, right. ADM. Right. And after that, I said, the only way I want to continue learning is in a flight simulator. So I am a private pilot now. The aircraft that I have, there's a two full, three full, full motion simulators in the United States. I go to the one in Atlanta, and I can tell you, we do things in that simulator that you would never do in a million years in a real airplane, and we're able to stop it and go over it and rehearse it, or replay it, and do things so that when you get in the real airplane, if something does happen, you're like, wait a minute, we did that in training. And it's all because of the technology, the computer power that didn't exist 10, 15 years ago. Well, and that you've, you've, put, you've put your finger on a number of important things. First of all, you can repeat and repeat and repeat areas that you are having, you're struggling with without having to buy blocks of one hour flight time. You know, you can go back and right. <coughs> do crosswind landings until you really get comfortable with it. We have a program running here at Sun and Fun. We started it on Saturday. It's called uh, One Week Ready to Solo. We have three students an engineer from uh, Harley-Davidson, an uh, advertising executive from General Motors, and a uh, just back in the country military veteran now who served uh, in Afghanistan. They all wanted, they all had a passion to learn to fly, but they'd not had any flight training experience. And they are doing superbly well. We paired them with three great instructors. We're videotaping this and we're partnered with AOPA on it. So AOPA is going to be able to put out a series of videos that show how accessible flight training can be the key to it is those students who are working intensely on the simulator, developing a skill set, then going out into the aircraft and perfecting it in the aircraft. And uh, they're just doing a marvelous job, and it's, it's going to give us a chance to tell the story and show people with this video the importance of the relationship uh, with, a, with, a, with a simulator in an aircraft but really importantly, a, a great instructor and a, and a motivated student. No question. I had When I first learned to fly, I had an instructor that I never felt comfortable with, and after about four or five hours, I went to the head of the flight school, and I said, it's not happening for me. It's like a doctor. You have to have that comfort level. Right. He said, no problem, and I talked to three other flight instructors. One, he and I bonded, best thing that I ever did. So you have to be comfortable. And uh, uh, Craig, uh, I'll tell you, you do have that crosswind flight simulator. And I went in and did that. And I got to tell you, it actually helped me. It really is very, very cool because you use all the yaw, you use roll, a little bit of pitch, a little bit of everything. So I'm going to come over and maybe practice some crosswind. Give it a try, I but I, I tell you, there's a high bar has been set. One of those three students was working yep. on it. The perfect score is a thousand. He got a perfect score. I've never seen, you rarely see anybody get into the eight or nine hundreds. He got a perfect score, one thousand. Craig, this five star hasn't been there yet. You will see a thousand. <laughs> that I could guarantee. Uh, Craig, give me the website one more time. So the website for Redbird Flight Simulations is redbirdflightsimulations.com. And if you're interested in learning more about what I'm doing, it's thefullercompany.com. Craig Fuller, the chairman of the board. Like Frank Sinatra, the chairman of the board. <laughs> Redbird Flight Simulations. Craig, great seeing you. Great having you Thank on. You, Dave. And I'll see you over at your tent a little so bit later on. Come by the uh, fire hub and have a cigar with us. Oh, guy. you better believe I would. I brought plenty, and I, I just gave you a few, so you, you should be all stocked up. Lieutenants, the final concluding segment will come your way next from the Sun and Fun Flying and Expo, Lakeland, Florida. Mark Blanton of the Humidor Store and an aviator as well will join us. We'll talk proper cigar humidification as well as a little bit of flying. We'll combine both as we continue front and center from the the world's busiest airport in Lakeland, Florida. Never miss a minute of the show when you download the Cigar Dave mobile app for Apple, Android, and Kindle devices. You can listen to our 24-7 continuous stream of the latest show or download the recent podcasts to listen to anytime on your mobile device. Get the Cigar Dave mobile app in the App Store. Search Cigar Dave. 
Okay, people, we've just been awarded the Brickhouse Ad Account. Now, this cigar was named Best Bargain Cigar of 2009 by Cigar Aficionado, got a 91 rating, plus it's the hottest cigar on the market. So, we need an award-winning slogan. He's a brick. How? What about it's not your grandfather's cigar? Ah, it's been done. Next? How about good to the last draw? Ah, something original, people. You deserve a brick today? Who are you? Do you even work here? Excuse me, sir. Am I to understand that every Brickhouse cigar is built with all the flavor and quality of the premium cigars of yesteryear? Yesteryear? Really? That's right, Bixby. But yet costs around five bucks each. Indeed. Well, sir, people don't really need a slogan. They don't? No, sir. Then what do they need? Five bucks and a comfortable chair. Five bucks and a comfortable chair. Genius! <laughs> Meet the perfect cigar to share with friends. Brickhouse by J.C. Newman. Handmade in Nicaragua with a fine Havana Subido wrapper. Brickhouse starts out earthy and crisp and burns well-rounded and smooth. Nothing stands the test of a good time like a Brickhouse. For more, visit BrickhouseCigars.com. In 1964, Jose O. Padron began rolling cigars bearing his name in modest surroundings with one guiding principle, always focus on quality, never on quantity. Nearly 40 years later, Padron cigars are recognized for their superior taste and majestic construction. The result of Padron controlling all aspects of the cigar making process, including planting their own seeds, growing and curing their own tobacco, and constantly supervising the rolling room. To Wall Street, it is called vertical integration. To the Padron family, it's called making great cigars. The Padron lines include the Padron 1964 Anniversary Series and the Padron Traditional line. All Padron cigars are wrapped in Nicaraguan sun-grown Habano tobacco, available in natural or maduro. Experience Padron. For your Padron retailer, call 1-800-453-5635. When Padron is on the band, quality is a matter of family honor. Surgeon General Warning. Tobacco use increases the risk of infertility, stillbirth, and low birth weight. Enjoy the latest and greatest cigars shipped directly to you. Join the Cigar Dave Officers Club now, and you'll receive three premium cigars every month. Membership is just $22.95, including shipping and handling. Join by going to CigarDave.com now. That's CigarDave.com. Click on Officers Club. Come fly with me, let's fly, let's fly away If you can use some exotic booze, there's a bar in far Bombay It's alpha male pleasure in the stratosphere Sort of like the Mile High Club This is the Cigar Dave Show from the annual Sun and Fun International Fly-In and Expo in Lakeland, Florida and now, your aviator-in-chief, Cigar Dave. When it comes to those pleasure maneuvers, altitude really is irrelevant as far as I'm concerned. Could care less whether you're at sea level or at 35,000 feet. The pleasure factor is always most enjoyable. Well, this is our final and concluding segment from the 2015 Sun and Fun Air Show and international fly-in Lakeland, Florida. Gorgeous day. It goes on one more day. And for our final segment, a longtime friend of the Cigar Dave Show. Not only is he in the world of cigars, he's also in the world of aviation. He's a pilot, owns an airline, and he is the proprietor along with his father, Jim Blanton, of the Humidor Store in Tampa, Captain Mark Blanton. Mark, good to see you. Dave, good afternoon. How are you today? 
Fantastic. And, of course, you are very familiar with the Lakeland Linder Airport because not only are you involved with Sun and Fun, you actually have an airline based on the premises. Absolutely. We uh, fly 90 cities in Florida, and this is our headquarters here in Lakeland. And it's called Atlantic Aviation. Atlantic Airlines. There Atlantic is a, Airlines. There is Atlantic Aviation, but we are the Atlantic Airlines. Excellent. And I think you should name one of the airplanes uh, Five Star Alpha. Absolutely. You know, have it right on the nose of the plane. Kind of Absol- like absolutely. Pan Am used to have their the, 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 uh, on the names on the plane, and I think uh, JetBlue does it, and uh, who else does that? Uh, uh, Southwest? Number. Yep, absolutely. A whole bunch of them. Absolutely. All right, so, Mark, uh, the reason that we are, obviously, we saw you here on the grounds last year and this year, but our lieutenants always say, General, how do I maintain the proper humidity? How do I store my cigars? People spend... A lot of money on cigars. Absolutely. They will spend in excess of $10, $15, $20, $25 on a cigar. And then I see many people just put them into a little Ziploc baggie or they'll put them into a refrigerator or Tupperware. And I'm like, stop, you're killing me. You're taking a work of art and you are destroying it. But you have, uh, you're demonstrating for the first time ever a brand new humidifier that you can use for a walk-in humidification system or somebody that's got a closet that they want to use. So tell me about this. It's what, an ultrasonic humidification? Last year uh, here at Sun and Fun, we had started development of this new product. We call it the HS3, and it is our ultrasonic humidifier for the small to medium-sized walk-in humidor. Um, We wanted something that was, first of all, that worked, was maintenance-free, and but mainly was also was very affordable. This particular product is at the marketplace is at six hundred and ninety five dollars. Um, I uh, said I would release it and show it for the first time here on the Cigar Dave show last year. We have tested it exactly one year. We have zero defects and zero problems with the product. Very pleased with it. And uh, we're ready to roll it out to the market right now. Is Unit 1A ready for me to install into the Pleasure Palace walk-in humidor? Unit 1A is right here, ready to go (laughs) right now. Now, I'm going to tweet out and post some video of this because this pumps out a lot of humidification. Now, what is ultrasonic compared to a standard humidification unit? Standard humidifiers, how they work is they basically use like a filter, if you would say, and they would wick the water up into the airstream. And the amount of humidity that you put into that air mainly depends upon how thick that wick or filter, you would say, is thickness and how much time the air has on top of the water molecules to be able to be absorbed into it. Now, where the ultrasonic, what it does, it basically has little small PZOs with transducers in there that basically uh, beats the water into almost like submission into this ultra, ultra fine mist. And it goes out and makes it very easy for it to blend with the air molecules and be able to raise the humidity level in your walk-in humidor. Now, when you turn this thing on, by the way, if you want a facial, you can stick your face in absolutely, here absolutely. because there's so much humidity. But it's it's not warm. No. It's, it's, it's actually It's actually cold. cold. Exactly right. Which, 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 to me, when I think of humidification, I'm thinking it's going to be moisture. It's going to be warm. Not Absolutely. the case. Not the case here. That's one thing we've done here. We developed this thing. Uh, we wanted something that would work, didn't put out no heat, uh, because a lot of people in their walk-ins, uh, they don't have any kind of air coming into it. Uh, the only thing that we um, uh, tell people if they want to do something to enhance this just slightly would be taking a small computer fan or any kind of fan to keep a, a nice light air movement within the humidor so you don't have any hot spots. Now, the way that this thing works is the fan runs all the time. It's absolutely ultra quiet on the fan. So you have some airflow in there all the time. 
but then the ultrasonic unit kicks on and kicks off and then interjects moisture into the air. And what's controlling all this, it automatically comes with a humostat controller. You set it at 70%. It's a set and forget thing, and you walk away. But the nice thing about the ultrasonic, this has no internal filters. It doesn't need any internal filters. You can use uh, your standard house water if you want. But the problem is sometimes that you run into there is you start getting the minerals that's in the water. Right. And then you'll start noticing this gray film yep. starting to form on your cigars. Yep. But what we've done here is you're able to go ahead and use distilled water and then use it on a tank system and with a little small pump and it pumps it in here and then you've got no minerals and it's perfect. Six ninety nine suggested retail? Yes, sir. And that'll actually anywhere from a small closet to what? How, how big of a Basically, uh, 10 by 15 is the largest we've tested 150 in. square feet. That's yes, huge. Sir. Yes, sir. So for those that maybe have anywhere from a couple of hundred cigars in like a little uh, a closet all the way up to uh, a room or somewhere in their man cave, that would be it. Give me the website, Mark. Uh, www.humidorstore.com. And on the left-hand side, just click on it. It'll be the HS3 humidifier. And uh, it's not on the website at this second. It will be here within 24 hours because I promised the general that he would be the first one to see it, and I'm holding to my word. Yeah, I want to be the first one to have it in my humidor, Mark. Absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> Mark Blatton of the humidor store. They make the best built-in humidors, humidor cases, humidification, and a longtime good friend. How's your dad doing, by the way? He's doing fantastic. Excellent. Please send my regards. Lieutenants, uh, couple of items. Those of you members of our Officers Club, you will be receiving. They'll be going out in the mail late next week, the 2015, April 2015 selection of the Rocky Patel Super Lajero. They were back-ordered. They just came out of the, the aging room. They're being shipped from Nicaragua up to the Rocky Patel Distribution Center in Naples, Florida, and they'll be coming out to you late next week. Also, our special Cinco de Mayo Tequila and Tequila Libation Tasting Maneuver Show next week with sommelier Dave Cavanis and mixologist Ryan Pines. That is always fun. Cigar Dave, the general saying, Mayor Humidor always be full. Mayor Cutter always be sharp. Mayor Ashby extra, extra long. Semper Delictatio, always pleasure. Special thanks to the Aircraft Owners and Pilots Association for letting us use their facilities right here on the flight line under their tent. And don't forget, always keep your plane right side up and your wings straight and level so long from the 2015 Sun and Fun Fly-In and Expo.